Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is the fabulous Katie Warner, Catholic children's book author, speaker, National Catholic Register writer, wife, and homeschooling mom. Katie, thanks for hanging out with me today. Oh, it's so great to be with you, Lindsay. I love the concept of your show. When you first came out with it, I thought, oh, this is so awesome. So I was excited when you asked me to come on the show. Oh, thanks. I'm so glad to talk with you. Um, I'm a little obsessed with your books, especially your board books. Um, we'll link to them in the show notes. The First Faith Treasury are, we've, I've done a couple of giveaways on my uh, my personal page with them. They're just fabulous. Um, I love especially Kitty Cat, the one about the catechism. Awesome. <laughs> it reminds me of the catechism while I'm hanging out with my kids and <laughs> without reading the entire catechism, which is not a bad thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like the, but yeah, the definitely an abbreviated version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just need a little reminder now and then. And um, it takes a long time to read the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so I'm so happy to hang out with you. And you have a fabulous quote for us today from I'm going to try to say the name of the book, but you, maybe you can correct me if I'm not getting it right. Insino Yezu. Yep, that's perfect. Except there isn't a question mark on the end of it. I just said it like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've never taken Latin. Um, so the quote you have is, give me as much time as you can, and I will give you time and energy to do all that you must do. Which is like, then you take a deep breath of relief <laughs> after reading that. Um, right. Yeah. So tell us about this. You found it first as a teenager. Yeah. So, well, actually... So I would say I was introduced to the concept of this quote as a teenager. I really wanted to do something practical for the show today because I have, I actually have a book of quotes that I love and there, I mean, it was so hard to even choose this one, but I feel like this one's been so relevant in my life over and over and over again. So one of the 
few times I've really felt like I've heard the Lord's voice audibly was when I first heard this quote, but at the time it wasn't really a quote as much as consolation in prayer. So when I was a teenager and way more stressed out than I needed to be about my workload and commitments, and I was in adoration one day and conflicted that I was even there because I had so much else to do, I heard Jesus speak so clearly to my heart at that moment, you make time for me, I'll make time for the rest. And so years later, during an entirely different phase of life, I picked up Encino Yezu, uh, the diary of a Benedictine monk who received tons of apparitions from Jesus and also Our Lady, and the Lord spoke to him intimately in prayer over the course of several years. And one of the many excerpts on this same theme um, was this quote, give me as much time as you can, and I will give you time and energy to do all that you must do. And he actually precedes that quote um, when Jesus is speaking to the monk, saying, I wait for you in the sacrament of my love, and I am often disappointed because you allow other things to absorb your time and consume your energy. And then he asks for the offering of time and promises that time and energy to do everything else will come as a result. And so when I first read this in the throngs of this handful, handsful season of motherhood, plus in addition to the ministry work I was doing as well, it was like I was transported back to the Adoration Chapel 15 years ago, reminding me his promises are forever unchanged, that if we make time for him, he will make time for the rest. And if we give prayer our first priority, our spiritual life and relationship with him our first priority, everything else always falls into place. And I feel like even though we can know that. <laughs> um, it's just living it that makes this yeah. quote so powerful for me because I'm able to recall this quote on pretty much a daily basis as there are so many distractions that threaten to take away that prayer time and take away that time to give first to the Lord. Um, but I know, I know that everything else falls into place if I make that my first priority of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, very similar. I, I know that from experience too. Like I know that when I've had a good, um, season of prayer, um, and you know, something inter you kind of get in a groove, at least for me, like I'll get in a good groove and then something comes up. And in the last, you know, decade, a lot of times it's like a child who isn't sleeping or, um, you know, various motherhood of little ones kinds of things. And I fall out of it. And like intellectually, I know that this is true, but it's a lot of, well, I'll do that tomorrow. I know, I know, I know, but I'll do it later. I'll do it later. But later doesn't work as well as right now. Right, right. And and I think, like I was mentioning, it's there's there's this whole kind of army of distractions that can get in our way. And so one of them is, like you mentioned, those practical like mothering things like, oh, I was going to pray. And then, you know, the one of my children walked in the room or, you know, and something else needed my attention. But then also, I mean, there's just so many other things that that come up, whether it's even a lack of desire. Like, I feel like sometimes we go through phases in our life where um, where we don't have the desire to pray, um, where prayer time sounds kind of more like a chore than something we look forward to. And in those phases, that is such a great opportunity to ask the Lord to increase in us a desire to pray, um, to me, so that 
you know, we can make it a habit to pray even when we don't feel like it. And the Lord will answer that prayer for us to actually grow in desire of it. One of um, my other favorite quotes is from St. Therese, and she says, God cannot inspire unrealizable desires. So if we desire a deeper prayer life, God intends to help us achieve it. However weak we may sometimes be in our efforts, if you know, he wouldn't have inspired this desire in us to pray, to grow in holiness, to spend time with him if he didn't intend to help us realize that desire. So whenever we lack that desire, I think that's one of the one of the big distractions in prayer is just lacking the will to go do it. We can pray for him to increase that desire in us because he wants to answer that prayer. Um, any and, distractions is an opportunity and any of those things can be turned into prayer. And prayer doesn't always have to be mental prayer where you're sitting really still. Right, exactly. Like, I think tending yeah. to things that interrupt when it is something like a child needs you, right? Then that can be prayer too. Then that can be a way to offer something up and say, God, I really wanted to sit still right now, but I can see that that's not what I need, what someone else needs me to be doing. Like, this is not best for me. This is not best for them. So I'm going to do the thing that's right in front of me and I'm going to offer it to you and have that be my prayer. And that, I think, kind of expanding our idea of what time with Jesus looks like too. Right, well, exactly. Not yep. taking away and then thinking that we can just kind of skip the mental prayer and like do the other one that seems more exciting. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the other kind of big distractions to to praying um, and to sticking with a prayer routine or a prayer, a rich prayer life is this is just having lofty goals. So either we want to go to adoration if we can spend X number of minutes there when we feel right. to realize that even just a few minutes is better than nothing. Um, and plus, we go to adoration to worship him. It's not for ourselves. It's more for Jesus, um, though we find that we get so much out of it, too, in the end. Or we have that goal, um, like you mentioned of when to pray or how to pray. And it's unrealistic given our current state in life. So I always think when I was pregnant with my third child, I, um, I also had the Epstein-Barr virus disease, which is basically mono in layman's terms throughout my whole pregnancy. So on top of just being like pregnancy exhausted, I was like Epstein-Barr exhausted. Oh, <laughs> and yes. so I foolishly tried to start an early morning prayer routine during that time and realized that it was just impossible. Right. Between interruptions from my second child who was still really young and then all the extreme physical limitations of my body. And so I moved my focus prayer time to the end of the day and realized that the Lord doesn't say it has to be at this time or it has to be this much time or it has to be in this way. Like you mentioned, like it can be, you can offer prayer in so many different ways, especially in the season of motherhood, but he just wants our time and our attention and our focus and our hearts as much of it as we can give him. And I think that's the goal is how much more can I give the Lord each day than I'm what I'm giving him? So in that moment when my child's interrupting me, can I give him that moment or am I just going to react in frustration? But we do have that opportunity more than we realize to turn all these little moments in our day into prayer. Right. And if we're not, then we need to look at what is really holding us back because there's something there that we're clinging to. Right. There's something that we're holding on to because we don't totally trust God with everything. Yeah. Or, or even just like lack of habit. I mean, sometimes it just takes us exercising that muscle, that memory muscle to turn those moments into prayer. And so I know for me, sometimes if there's a habit I'm trying to get into, I'll just set a Google reminder that goes off like once or twice a day so that I'm just, I literally have that kind of quick 
note that comes, you know, up on my phone or whatever to remind me, Hey, turn everything you can, you know, today into a prayer or, or Hey, you know, whatever that kind of spiritual goal that you're trying to achieve may be to like give yourself actual easy reminders to do so. Because I also think there's just part of our humanity that requires those little nudges in trying to make something that may have once been a habit, but we've fallen out of, um, or is an entirely new habit, you know, can help kind of give us that crutch that we need to actually make it a reality. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. I think also um, we can, I think some of us, I know I can kind of think that technology is like interfering with my prayer life, but I love that idea too of turning it around and having my phone, this thing that I'm spending too much time on, be the thing that, you know, if I'm gonna, if it's gonna ding at me, then um, then it it better be something important. Social media, like, I have ebooks. I have like really good ebooks on my on my you know my Kindle or whatever apps. So if I'm sitting in Carline, not driving, totally parked, got to school early, <laughs> then if I'm gonna pull up my phone, then maybe instead of scrolling through social media, I can read a chapter of of some spiritual classic that's literally in the palm of my hand. Right, right, exactly. And I think I think that's one of our biggest problems. I think that's one of the biggest distractions to prayer in our current day is the noise. Like we're constantly playing music or listening to audiobooks or podcasts or Netflix. There's just so much noise that it's hard to find time to to pray, or we say it's hard to find time to pray when it's actually pretty doable, even in the midst of our very busy schedule, we're just opting for something else over prayer. And so there's really practical ways for us to kind of overcome that, whether that, I mean, that could even be as simple as, like you mentioned, you pull out your phone and maybe on the home screen are all of your, you know, Bible apps and things. And then all your social media apps are on a different page. You have to, you have to make extra effort to get there. And just seeing that they're not present on your home screen helps remind you, wait, let me do this first. Let me give the Lord a minute of prayer first, and then I can go, you know, do all those other things. I think then sometimes too, you can get to that where like, well, I have to do everything for God and I can do nothing else. And that, but everything that we're doing can be for God. And some of it needs to be focused so that we're really growing and maturing in the spiritual life. But some of it is like, we can't forget that what is around us, the situation that God has put us in, he's put us there for a reason, for his glory and for our, um, our advancing toward him. So like there's, there's a balance, but I think, I think we fall out of that balance. Yeah. It's like securing your oxygen mask, you know, like when they tell you on the airplane that you have to secure your oxygen mask before you help your kids. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. it's like that, it's that same idea of like, you know, like take, like feed your soul before you, you know, respond to all of those other lesser needs. And it's not that you can't do that. It's not that you can't check Instagram or whatever, whatever it may be that's, that's needing or wanting your other time, but just put that oxygen mask on first and just take that moment to connect with the Lord before you do everything else. I think, you know, that's obviously the other biggest distraction is just our to-do list, everything else that we have to do. So those are the social media is obviously stuff that we don't have to do, but we like to do. But then there's all the stuff that we legitimately have to do that's threatening to take our time. I know even sometimes in when we have that moment to pray, we're kind of conflicted by all of those thoughts of, oh, here's what I have to do after I'm done. And so my spiritual director actually just talks about having a pen and paper sitting next to you. And so the second a thought comes into your head, a to-do list item or whatever it is, you just 
take a break, write it down, then go back to prayer because otherwise you end up mulling over all of those other thoughts and it totally just ruins your prayer time when instead you can acknowledge, hey, I'm distracted right now. I'm going to write down my distraction so that I can move on. Um, And I know that definitely helps me so much because otherwise I really am like, I try to like push it to the back of my head, but it keeps repeating itself. You're kind of holding on to it to make sure you don't forget it later. Right, exactly. And that's just human. So, you know, kind of coming up with those little systems throughout your day that just encourage more prayer um, with without discouraging everything else you have to get done while still acknowledging that I think is really the the, um, the healthiest way to go about increasing in this effort to give the Lord more of our time so that he can give us more energy and time to do everything else. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. And when, when we when we take that prayer time, then we can be more discerning of which things like you're saying, the things we like to do and the things we need to do, how much of each thing to do. I think sometimes when you have that long list and you don't know where to put your energy and you have to acknowledge that you need like a little mental break now and then, how are you going to do that? But it's through prayer that we discern those things. We can't expect to be doing that on our own. Yeah. And so we find out that some of that stuff on our to-do list, maybe it didn't actually have to get done. I know sometimes after I put the kids to bed and I take my time to go pray, I think of all these things. Oh, when I'm done praying, I have all this stuff to do. And then I finished prayer and I'm like, I actually don't need to do all those things. (laughs) And and I yeah, prayer freed me from being a slave to this crazy, you know, standard I had in my head of all that I needed to accomplish. Um, Yes, a thousand percent. Uh, we are just about running out of time, even though I want to talk about this for another half hour. But <laughs> the deal with the show is people could listen to it for 15 minutes. So I want to take one more minute and ask you about your new book that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Can you tell us about Lily Lolek, Future Saint? Yes, I'm super excited. Again, um, this is another children's book coming out with Tan Books, um, illustrated by Amy Rodriguez, um, who you can find on Instagram. She has an adorable, colorful style, and that just comes out so well in this book. Uh, Lily Lolek, Future Saint, is about a little girl who loves to pretend play the lives of the saints um, until one little girl kind of tries to crush her spirits and you know say, "How could you ever be like them? They're they're way too great," and um, and you know and beyond anything you could achieve. And um, and she she's kind of you know conflicted after this um, teasing from another little girl until she has a great conversation with a priest over dinner at her house, and um, eventually comes to this grand realization that God wants her to be exactly the kind of saint that He made her to be, which is entirely unique. And um, basically, God's dream is fulfilled when she becomes fully herself. And so the story is really cute. It's told in rhyme, um, which makes it really, really fun. My kids have actually loved hearing it out loud even before they have any pictures in front of them just because they love the rhyming story verse. So um, this is actually one of our first, um, one of my first children's books that's come out so far that's also a little bit more story-based. So it's still very catechetical, but a little bit um, less obvious in its catechesis and just a really cute, sweet little story. So um, again, it's uh, it'll come out with tan books. And then you can also follow me at Katie Warner Catholic on Instagram and I'll be given lots of updates as the book starts um, to release. Awesome. And we'll link to that. We'll link to the book by the time this episode is up. It should be up for pre-order. So get on that, friends. Uh, Katie, thanks so much for hanging out with me. I had such a good time with you. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. It's such a pleasure to be with you and um, and to just even chat about um, kind of being in the same phase of life <laughs> with the busyness <laughs> of parenting, how to make prayer just a greater part of our days and our lives. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
All right, listeners, to suggest a quote or a guest, follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Have you ever been put on the spot and asked to explain or defend Catholic teaching on sensitive topics such as abortion, same-sex marriage, or the Eucharist? What to Say and How to Say It is a straightforward and practical resource by Brandon Vogt, best-selling and award-winning author of Why I Am Catholic and You Should Be Too. He offers essential tools for articulating even the most contentious aspects of your Catholic faith with clarity and confidence. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code TALKFAITH to get 25% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees, available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.